here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the world's first and longest running podcast focused on giving you the strategies and techniques you need to get the most out of your Amazon advertising. My name is Michael Erickson Fasheen, and right now you're joined by thousands of fellow Amazon marketers, business owners, brand managers, and people that like badgers and are on the wrong podcast uh, looking for badger facts. Maybe we should start doing some badger facts. <laughs> Welcome to the PBC Den podcast. Uh, I actually like that idea, Michael, some badger facts. We don't give yeah. enough out on this show. All about Amazon PPC all the time. Exactly. So spring is in the air. The seasons are changing. We're leaving winter behind. Uh, do you have any spring activities you really like to do now that the weather's getting nicer? Just get out of the house more. You know, let's start to get out and walk a little bit around the neighborhood. That's for sure. That's one of the things. It's nice to see a baseball season starting a full swing too. So back out there on the field with my son. Uh, soccer is out in bloom. Yeah, so just back out there. Very busy. Do you have time to get your 10,000 steps a day? Uh, I try, yeah, definitely, but sometimes no. There's a lot of times where I finish the day with less than a thousand steps, uh, but I'm just like working all day. I, I think this is, uh, I think this is, should be fixed. Uh, this doesn't sound healthy, but with spring in the air, nice transition, nice transition here. Uh, we're going to be talking about some new things that have been uh, new in your Amazon account that you should definitely pay attention to. Amazon is doing a lot of things in sponsored display, uh, wanting us to look more at sponsored display, uh, wanting us, meaning Amazon marketers, to look more at sponsored display, to think more about sponsored display, and ideally use more sponsored display. And I'll get into maybe some reasons why I think that is, but Amazon released some new audiences. Uh, it's very dsp Esque. So if you've been dying to get into DSP, but you haven't been able to, or you're trying to scale campaigns uh, in ways that maybe you haven't been able to in the past, uh, new Amazon sponsored display audiences uh, is what we're going to be talking about today. Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it. Amazon has just recently launched four new audience, audience options inside sponsored display. Uh, and what are they, Michael? They are in-market, lifestyle, interests, and life events. Yeah. And can you walk us through like what these even mean? What, what is what does in-market, lifestyle, interest, life events even mean? Sure. So uh, in-market is uh, audiences that allow advertisers to engage audiences that are in the same aisle. So similar types of products that are related. So if we're talking about 
a health-related item and say you're looking for a protein shake, then they might serve you up some different type of protein additives that you can add to your shakes. Um, so that's in market. I have to imagine also maybe like to use the health supplement thing, maybe also like vitamins too. Like this, this simply means like in market, I believe. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, which kind of leads us into that second one there. So lifestyle. So lifestyle is the second one and it's positioned for the awareness of campaign or awareness campaigns and uh, targets audiences that reflect a variety of, of uh, shopping and viewing behaviors. So like you were saying, uh, if you're health related and your shopping's all health related and, and you're looking at a paleo based shake um, supplement, then uh, maybe it is vitamins that they're serving up to you. Um, and, and that would be more lifestyle because you, you have a, a li- lifestyle trend. So it's health related. So you might be even served uh, weights or, mm-hmm. um, you know, something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, moving our way to interests. So interests, uh, interests are interest-based audiences, which allow advertisers to raise awareness. Um, so looking at this as a type of thing that, um, so for example, the thing that they give, which is kind of strange is Canadian history, if that's super niche. Um, but if, uh, you were interested in, in say history and specifically Canadian history, then they might serve you up, uh, things that might have to do with, um, the French occupation and British occupation of, of that territory and, and how, you know, Canada became its own nation. So Damn, all interesting just, there. <laughs> just drop, dropping some, oh, just some, oh, who knows about Canadian history? Let me just sprinkle in a little bit there. Right, right, uh, exactly. Right. So, I mean, this is a real targeting category that you can now target interested in Canadian history. And then lastly, we have life events. Right. So this is the kind of the biggie. Um, this is one that's very definitive. I mean, there's a lot of life changing events in, in your life. One of the things uh, is a new child. So becoming new parents. So, for example, if you choose that life event, it's anything and everything baby related. Um, so, of course, you're going to need a crib, um, sheets, new clothes. All of that will be served in these life events type things. Yeah. I want to break some of these down, give some thoughts around it. So like back, you know, in market. Uh, the gist there is that they're, you know, I like actively doing something to like look to buy these certain things. So it's like the one in market thing is home and garden. So ideally, the idea is that these people are actually looking for and engaging with the like home and garden. Uh, it seems very like category based because um, like category based, they're like looking at a particular category, uh, then you serve them a product. So th- that's what this feels like to me. Uh, we have lifestyle, which again, this would be like, maybe they're not looking at that category right now, but they're like part of that lifestyle n- niche. So like I'm a gardener, but maybe I'm not specifically uh, in market to buy another gardening thing right now, but like I am a gardener so I can get thrown in there. Uh, interests, same kind of thing. Like they know that I have an interest about a particular thing. Uh, so the interests here are things like, I'm interested in technology. I'm interested in uh, entertainment. Uh, I'm interested in, you know, I'm an early adopter type person. So I adopt new technologies uh, early. Um, so there's in-market lifestyle interests, like a lot of ways and, and like life events, a lot of ways to say we are targeting people based off things that they have done previously. So it's this sort of like loose uh, targeting. And it's different than maybe like a demographic, which would say, I just want to target 
you know, men 25 to 34 uh, or something like that. So th- these people have done something. Amazon's collected all their data uh, or they've purchased some data, whatever it might be. Uh, they've got these little data profiles on all of us. So they kind of know like who you are, what you're up to, what you like, like what kinds of things you've bought previously, uh, what kinds of hobbies you probably have. And then you go into these big buckets uh, like where they have hundreds of data points on you, probably know us better than we know ourselves. Um, and they can then now use that information to go ahead and target. Um, so to me, a lot of this sounds very close, like in-market lifestyle, interests, uh, life events. It, they all sort of capt- capture the same thing that we're trying to like put an archetype on different people. So like you're a gardener or you're a runner, you're an early adopter, you just had a baby, you're going to have a baby. Uh, all of these kinds of things. <laughs> have you ever see, uh, heard of this uh, article? It was talking about how this woman, she was like 17 years old, shopping at Target and like buying stuff with a credit card. And like based off the things that she was buying, uh, like Target flagged her uh, of like a soon to be mom. Um, so whatever she was buying, uh, that Target flagged her. And then Target started sending her like ads in the mail, like, uh, you know, baby stuff. And I remember like, I think the dad got really mad and like called up Target corporate or got a hold of someone. And they're like, oh, we sent this to her because she's assumed to be mom. And like, that's the way that he found out that his daughter was pregnant or something. <laughs> oh, um, no. So like they have all of these data points on us. Um, and that's essentially the kind of thing that we are looking at here. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, Mike, is the fact that they said in the audience info bubble, it says shopping and streaming behaviors. And let's not forget that Amazon owns a bunch of other properties out there. So they're mm-hmm. scraping all that data and bringing it into it also. So if you're listening to a soon to be mom podcast and, right. uh, and then they start serving up ads for diapers. And yeah, it'd be kind of interesting if you have a shared account. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, crazy to think how deep the tendrils of, you know, tracking go. Um, you know, when you download an app on your phone, like the permissions right. list can sometimes yep. be quite long. Is it aware of what podcast you're listening to? Um, you know, definitely when you watch Amazon video or you are looking at things on Twitch, uh, all things like this, there's third party data aggregators that are, you know, collecting data on non Amazon apps that I'm sure Amazon also takes advantage of too. Similar to the way that, you know, Facebook and Google also acquire some data that they didn't specifically acquire themselves, like purchase data that you've made at Target, not on Amazon. I'm sure like Visa, American Express work with data companies. Anyway, we're being tracked and you should all have uh, tinfoil hats and only communicate on signal and, you know, get a new phone number every week. Um, So this brings up a whole bunch of stuff here. So uh, my first feeling, I'm pretty stoked that they have these things. You know, previously, if you wanted to touch any of these kinds of things, you had to spend like $25,000 a month and go to Amazon DSP, uh, which is a completely different beast. This, like the actual integration of all these new audiences is very seamless inside Amazon. So like 
definitely like crack this open, go take a look at it. It's really not intimidating. And it's actually incredibly easy to just cue this up and get this going. Uh, so, I mean, Michael, you've done DSP before, and that is a way bigger learning curve than just running these audiences inside uh, sponsored display. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is definitely DSP light, light. Um, and yeah. I want to say that double light. Yeah, double light. Um, it, it offers a lot of the similar targeting, I guess you could say, but, uh, you know, at a much easier learning curve. Um, so it's a good way to get involved in that, start looking more top of funnel and, and really driving people towards your, your products that may not have seen you before. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned funnel, uh, and I think it's really important to talk about like, you know, e-commerce brands that market on Facebook do not have the luxury of a sponsored product ad uh, where the Facebook person or the Instagram person uh, is going directly typing in the product that they want. And then you get to serve that person a product ad and they know, you know, the platform and they normally buy products from it all the time. So like Amazon marketers have had this incredible tool, 10% average conversion rate, like super, super good uh, targeting with sponsored products, like hitting people on a platform that they shop on, typing in the literal name of their product. Uh, so amazing, amazing conversion rates, sponsored products. And I think in order to be like a e-commerce marketer that uh, is, you know, anyone out there who's doing marketing off of Amazon knows that generally on a Facebook ad funnel, you don't lead with the buy this product right now. In most cases, you're generally leading maybe with like a engage an engaging video and that's it. So you're targeting surfers and you target a video of like surfers surfing with maybe your product. Uh, and then you only, and then you're, you're seeing, you're measuring who's watched 50% of this video and then you retarget them if they viewed your product or you're targeting them out with another ad if they've only watched 50% of uh, less than 50% of your video. So like it's a multi-step process to like get somebody in your funnel and then start marketing to them. This is like par for the course for any kind of marketing outside of uh, Amazon generally and historically you have to warm them up with something and then they get acquainted with you, then they get to decide if they want to pursue and watch and like go past the video, go past that initial ad you give them, view the product, and then actually decide to buy it. So this is par for the course, like this multi-touch paid traffic method. It's like par for the course. People have been doing it for, you know, over a decade with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, so on and so forth. You view the product, you get retargeted, par for the course. Uh, if you haven't viewed the product, maybe they're serving you something engaging. You look at it. Um, I just saw a good example of it, uh, brand basics. It's a cleaning company. They sell like, uh, cleaning products that are like hippy dippy, like safer than, uh, Clorox, for example. Uh, and like the video was user generated content. It was somebody talking about how they like these products. Uh, they were using the products. And I'm sure if I clicked on that or viewed a lot of that video, then I would see another ad from them, maybe a little bit more to the point telling me to buy it. So I think my point is the whole idea of like a top of funnel audience where perhaps the ultimate goal isn't purchase 
like direct purchase just yet. Maybe you're warming them up towards something you're getting in front of them. You're getting exposure. Uh, you know, is a product ad the best way to do that? You know, we can debate that later. But I think like this whole concept of like going after people in market, in an audience, experiencing a life event, like this is very like standard digital marketing. And now it is inserted inside your uh, your normal Amazon advertising console. So pretty cool that this is here. Uh, you previously can only access this from DSP. And here it is just ready and, and waiting for you. The question is, should we use them? Uh, how fast should we be running to go and do this? We always try to say every episode, you can turn off the episode and then go and do something inside your campaigns. The question is, how fast should people go <laughs> to go and do this, Michael? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's a good question. It's it's a good thing. You have to think about where you're at, where your product's at, too. Um, you know, if, if you want a brand exposure and you're trying to look at new audiences, then now's the time. Uh, this is the perfect product for you. If you're a tiny startup company and you have, you know, a minimal budget of, say, $100 and you have to spread that across all your advertising activities, no, not the product for you, not the time for you. Uh, but definitely, if you're looking for that brand exposure and, and bringing people into that top of the funnel, yes, this is it. Right. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, build out that bottom of funnel and then work your way up. So basically, there are some reasons to use this. It's not all bad. Uh, like number one, really easy to get a whole bunch of impressions. Like bar none, simple. You're going to get tens of thousands of them faster than you you probably thought you would uh, more than you'd ever get with like a comparable keyword of the exact same. Because now all of a sudden, instead of just people searching that keyword, you're targeting everyone who could ever possibly look at a product kind of like yours. Like <laughs> every runner you can now go target. Uh, so it's crazy. With that, when, you know, when you're targeting people who are just in the market, not actively typing in the words for your product, you're probably going to experience lower conversion rates. Um, but I've noticed that clicks are relatively cheap right now uh, as a whole on sponsored display. Uh, and I saw, saw a report that uh, clicks for sponsored display are actually, and audience targeting is actually quite cheap right now. Um, so early mover advantage, I think so. Uh, I saw some reports that it was actually converting quite well. Uh, we should do an update uh, in a few weeks to share a lot of the results that we're getting rolling in right now. But so far, early things I've seen are that, the, yes, it's a low conversion rate, but clicks are very cheap right now. So you can still probably get it at somewhat of an appropriate ACoS, uh, which is awesome because technically that's not even the main purpose of these sponsored display audiences. You know, you're right. When you're talking about the sponsor display audience, it's about where it, where it falls in line with what you're doing right now. And I think it's a great way to help help support your campaigns, what you have as your base, and really add incremental um, incremental revenue. Jesus, can't even get it out. <laughs> it's all about yeah. the revenue, but I can't even get that word out. <laughs> yeah, I think like we have a lot of clients that are always eager to like, you know, they're looking six months down the road, they're looking a year down the road and they are expecting to move from like, hey, I'm spending 40,000 a month right now uh, and I'm getting, you know, uh, a 30% ACoS 
in six months from now, I'm going to be spending $60,000, $80,000 a month. Uh, and I'm willing to tolerate a little higher ACoS if I can scoop up uh, more mark, more of the market, more market share. And this is what this is designed to do, uh, to get in front of those people, to scoop this up. You know, anecdotally, I always hear, like when I attend a conference uh, and Amazon's uh, involved in it, anecdotally, I always hear them say, hey, if you're running sponsored products and sponsored brands and sponsored display, you'll see an overall lift in your gross revenue. And I mean, like, of course you will, because uh, they're running more ads. Uh, the question is, and I implore everyone to always track individually. So like you'll want to track your sponsored products performance, your sponsored brands performance, your sponsored display performance. Uh, you'll also want to be tracking this uh, like on a daily basis uh, or daily or weekly basis too, to be sure that this isn't running away from you because it's very easy to spend a lot of money when you're targeting an entire market. So there's a lot of considerations like that to think about. So let's talk actually implementing sponsored display because I do think these are worth a shot. Uh, they used to be difficult to access these audiences, but they're right here. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to not test them unless you have a very small budget or you're very brand new. So if you're hanging out there and you've been campaigns are fairly stable, you're interested in growing them. I think these four new audiences inside sponsor display, it's going to be a no brainer. So let's actually talk about implementation tips. All right. So talking about implementation tips, where do we go? What are your first steps? So really what we're looking at is, um, you know, what your product type is. Is there certain things that it's revolving around? Like, let's say, for instance, you're working with, uh, again, uh, like a baby company. So if you're working with a baby company, um, it's, it's really going around that life event of being a new parent. So that's the perfect category for me to pick. So I can look at life events and pick that one. And, and I look at that audience there, it's huge. Um, again, what Mike was saying, you know, we're going to get that exposure uh, and we need to really look at, at having this be cheap. So let's not, I would say, you know, don't bid over a dollar per click um, or, you know, CPC, let's not do that because we were really looking at a cheaper model of this. So with that exposure rate, let's really lower that bid a little bit and be more conservative. Now, there's other ways that we can attack also. Um, so in addition to looking at the life events, we can attack that in a different way too. Interests, we can look at interests and attack it in the baby section as well too. Um, baby clothing is actually a subsection. So we can attack those models. If we were selling baby clothes, we could attack new parents and then we can also attack um, the interests as well. Yeah, I really like that point that you mentioned about bids. Perfect point to make. I would imagine from what we've been seeing is that your conversion rate on this is going to be much, 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 much lower than sponsored products. So, you know, if you're normally getting a conversion rate of 10% on sponsored products, I would expect this to be like a fifth uh, of that. Um, you know, maybe it's a 1% conversion rate, maybe it's a 2% conversion rate. So use that to set your bids. Uh, your bids should go up or down depending on what your conversion rate is, what your revenue per click is. So for something like this, you know, I would anticipate uh, maybe a 2% conversion rate out of the gate. So with that in mind, you know, if you were to get, you know, 
100 clicks and only two orders from it, how much would those clicks need to cost in order for you to have a somewhat appropriate ACoS? Um, that is where you want to do some, some quick math there. Uh, but basically, if you want the easiest math, I would maybe start your bidding at maybe a quarter of what your sponsored products are. So, you know, if you're normally bidding, uh, you know, $3 on sponsored products, maybe you're only starting with a 75 cent bid. If you're normally bidding a dollar on sponsored products, I'd probably start it at maybe 25 cents for sponsored display audiences. So, that's definitely a huge tip. Keep your bids lower here to start. If you find out that you're not getting any impressions, you can gradually inch that up. Um, but because there's so much volume out here, you really want to start more conservative, I think, uh, and then move your way up over time. And, you know, I mentioned another point as I was explaining that with the bid optimization and like keeping things low. And then, of course, use a revenue per click uh, times target ACoS type model. The question here is, should you have the same target ACoS for sponsor display, top of funnel, cold audiences as you do for sponsored products? Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing that, you know, we're going to have different returns on and different bids on and different efficiencies on. So they are not, not equivalent at all. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I just mean that if you're, if you're targeting different things, um, if you're targeting different audiences and the way that you are coming about reaching those of the different campaign types, you know, you're going to have a different conversion rate like you were talking about earlier. So, of course, if you have a, a higher bid on the ones that aren't converting as well, then your ACoS is going to go sky high pretty quickly. Yeah. I Yeah. So monitoring the bids is going to be very important. I contemplate a lot about you know, if somebody's searching for the product, they search the product, they see the product in a sponsored product, like on the search result. Versus if they are just in market and, you know, so, so some event is happening in their life uh, for a life event. For something like that, I wonder if we should even expect or, or desire the same ACoS. Uh, I'm inclined to say... It depends on your business goals, really, um, because if ACoS is the primary driver, um, then I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't demand the same level of ACoS from these top of funnel audiences, because it's at the end of the day, like that's what matters most. The thing that I'd be very interested in studying is being sure that you pay attention to your overall ad spend to total revenue and keep track of that um, because you know Amazon's whole thing is that hey if you advertise to these top of funnel people yeah you'll get a few orders here and there and like maybe it'll be at an okay cost but you should have a higher uh, tolerance for these top of funnel audiences so maybe if you normally get like a 20% ACoS maybe you say hey for these top of funnel sponsor display audiences maybe take it all the way up to 40% ACoS. But will you experience better performance at the bottom of funnel sponsored products? So that's why monitoring your ad spend to total revenue uh, is going to be so, so key here. We call that ad cost of total sales. Some people call that total ACoS. Um, but like that's Amazon's whole thesis by trying to introduce these top of funnel audiences to us, saying that, hey, 
your first touch at these very top, tippy top audiences, the top of the funnel, don't be so ACOS uh, sensitive here. You know, let your ACOS go a little higher, get this early exposure, and then it'll pay dividends down funnel when they're searching for products, when they're clicking on sponsored products. They're going to see you because they saw you before, and that's going to be magic. So I definitely think it's really important to track your ad cost of total sales as this happens, because that's how you'd be able to measure it. Um, like if, if, if that's true, you'll be able to measure it by actually having those metrics improve. Like your share of ad revenue will get better. Uh, your share of organic revenue will get better. You should see a net increase. So I would definitely, when you're running these, like you should be tracking ad cost of total sales anyway. So I would definitely continue to track these uh, as you start incorporating some of these top of funnel audiences. So in conclusion there, because I think I just talked for 45 minutes on this topic, <laughs> I would say that when you track, when you set these top of funnel audiences up, yes, you want to track the individual performance. And yes, your conversion rate is probably going to be cheap, probably going to be worse than sponsor products. And yes, your cost per click should be cheaper too. And like maybe you'll get some orders, but Ideally, that comes in at an A cost that you're comfortable with. And then what Amazon really wants to happen with their whole advertising ecosystem is if you were to advertise top of funnel audiences, do you see a lift down funnel? Do you see a lift in sponsored products? And a really easy way to measure that is to track performance by ad type, track performance, uh, ad revenue to, uh, I'm sorry, ad spend to total revenue, ad cost to total sales. Michael, I just talked for a lot. I talk fast. I'm from New Jersey. Can you please see, do you agree with anything that I mentioned? <laughs> yeah, completely. And one thing I wanted to just go back to again was the fact that, you know, you're talking about monitoring. Uh, monitoring is key with this because it can get away from you fast if you're not monitoring. One one number I just wanted to throw out there is just to show you the size of the scale of what we're talking about. You know, one lifestyle audience right here that we're that they have listed out, which is Amazon Student, is 20 to 25 million. Um, that's the reach of it. So mm -hmm. let's just say that you had a dollar and you were bidding even more aggressively, like a two bucks. And for some reason, it was it was hitting super well. I mean, your impressions even 10%. could go... Yeah, even exactly. 10% of those, yeah. I mean, you could spend, you know, almost your month's budget in, in a day if you mm -hmm. don't monitor it. Um, yeah. So that's that's one thing is just, you know, make sure you're constantly monitoring. Make sure you have the correct targeting because if... You're like, I want to go a little bit broad and I want to hit, you know, students. There, there's no demographic uh, adjustments that we can make here on these. So that's that's the unfortunate side of this. You know, like I said, DSP light light. So we can't make those granular adjustments. But, you know, you can do that with your bid. Uh, if you're bidding a quarter or 15 cents or something like that for this, then just you're you're you're, you're dripping those in there. So yeah. to speak. Yeah. So in conclusion here. Make sure your sponsored products are dialed in where you want them. Yes. Uh, personally, I feel like everything can always be improved, but like your sponsored products should be stable and you should understand them well. Slide in some sponsored brands. Then it comes time for sponsored display. Um, are we in agreement that do your views remarketing first? People that viewed your product, hit that first in sponsored display? For sure. Yeah, that's the first step. That's the easiest step. Yeah. After that, looking for some more volume, things are going well. How do you uh, continue to expand, get in front of more people who are in market or of the lifestyle of your customer or interested in your products? 
or had a life event related to your product. These people uh, start with low bids, start with uh, smaller budgets, um, be very conscious of tracking uh, like what the performance of, of each thing. Uh, I would also go as far to probably split these four audiences, uh, starting with your best products. Um, there's a, a minor note. Um, but, uh, when you launch these, watch them and then also track your global stats as well to see if there's, is any kind of sponsored product lift that you can experience from this or total, uh, sales lift from this. Um, so should you use it? Final say, I think so. Give it a test. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely in the camp of do it. And one thing, um, that I've, I'm a part of a lot of groups. One thing I saw was a portfolio trick. Uh, can we talk a little bit about how to get the sponsored display inside a portfolio? Yeah. So this was uh, actually shared by a team member. Again, this is going back to that chat that we have internally, but you know, we, we get to learn so much from all these other PPCers. Uh, but one of the things that we found is that, you know, there is sponsor display has historically been kind of uh, a, one of those things where it's just kind of errant and you're not able to put it in any portfolios, but we've found uh, kind of a workaround that's kind of been circulating on some of external boards too, but it's, it's looking at your campaign list and then selecting one or two of them and then hitting the move to portfolio button and then selecting your sponsored display um, campaign. And then after that, going back up to your portfolio dropdown, clicking on that portfolio and then hitting save. And then magically <laughs> yeah. the sponsored display ends up in the right portfolio. Booyah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we did it. We covered these new audiences. Uh, we should probably have an update uh, maybe next week or the week after about how these have been performing because this is fresh, hot off the presses here. Um, so with that, I leave everyone to go launch some sponsored display audiences, low bids, tiny budget. Think about your KPIs, be tracking things, uh, do the portfolio trick. We covered a lot of goodies here. Have a good one, everyone, and I will see you next week here Talk about Amazon PPC on the PPC Den podcast. Bye, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>